0: episode 49 my name is dan frost and as always i'm supported by the best panel in the business tonight we got mickey and we got cause and we're ready to rip in and talk all things rugby league but before we do let's have a little bit of fun and dive into our warm-up and the one and the two and the one two three Why you do that? bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah have a great broadcast you too darling All right, well, this question's a little bit out of the box, but, you know, I'm just trying to test your memories, guys. So the question I've got for you is, what's the most amount of tries you remember watching from a particular player in a game? And and it kind of sparked me after a couple of weeks ago watching or or seeing the highlights of um, former Parramatta Real star Bevan French scoring seven tries over in the Super League. I mean, that is completely ridiculous. Mickey, uh, testing your knowledge here, because we, we don't see a lot of this anymore uh, the footy is typically shared around a fair bit in, in modern day footy, but um, yeah, what's sort of the biggest haul you remember in recent times?
1: Yeah, the most, the one that I thought of straight away would have to be like, what was it a few weeks ago when Edric Lee scored five tries um, for Newcastle? And I remember I because remember, normally I put, a little bit of money on him on sports bet to score a try, and he never scores. And then all of a sudden, he's scoring five tries. I was just like, "This has to be a joke."
0: I also remember that as a Knights fan because it was a very, very small moment of uh, happiness um, from what was, uh, you know, a very difficult season. But you know, to sour it a little bit. Uh, just a little bit before he signed with the Redcliffe Dolphins. So uh, I love Eddie, but you know, he has struggled a little bit with the Knights in terms of consistency and injuries and things like that. And then bang scores five tries and then goes and signs with Redcliffe. So I'm like, if that's not the Newcastle Knights for you, I don't know what is. Um, okay. Uh, Cause what about yourself?
2: So he's found a bit of form, and he scored a hat trick on the weekend, and responded maybe to not being included in Origin. But last year, the Fox, um, Josh Adakai, scored six tries for the Storm when they were part of that golden run of Incredible. good form that the Storm had last season. So yeah, that was against the Rabbitohs, round nine.
0: I remember that one, you know, it, and it's it's funny, isn't it, because. You know, you remember um, that period of the storm where they were making so many line breaks and Fox is the fastest player on the field that he was just sitting in the slipstream, just, you know, waiting for that pass and they were setting him up and it becomes a bit of a game. Once, once you've scored, you know, a hatty, a hat trick, maybe four tries, they really try and, uh, and, and and pad out the the record books. But yeah, well done, Fox. And look, you know, just a little bit of a, a bit of a side thing on the Fox. How good is he playing for the Bulldogs? I mean, you know, it just goes to show that guy is quality... How we didn't get a start in Origin, anyway. Don't get me started. Uh, Love you, the Fox, avid listener of the Mojo Sports podcast. Um, Where am I going with this one? Hey, let's let's you know we'll ease up on the negativity with the Newcastle Knights. There's plenty of time for that. Back in the day, uh, similar to what Mickey was talking about, we had some plays called lay down some tries. Andrew Johns, it's not always these flashy wingers. Uh, Joey put four tries on the board against the Raiders. I remember that performance. Um, Just one of those days where he. Just was in a mood and decided that he was just going to win the entire game off his own back, and he kind of did that a few times. Um, Joey, uh, come back to us. But there we go. There's a few of our most recent highlights in terms of some big, big time uh, try scorers. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Um, there's been there's been some um, some massive hauls over the last couple of years. So reach out via the socials and let us know who was uh, who's one player that comes to mind. All right, team. Time for we say it. Most weeks, one of our favourite segments on the Mojo Sports Podcast. Let's dive into All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Here's Cameron Smith, this outstanding leader. Thurston, he hits it, he's yes! got it! He's got the field goal! Inside from Elba.
1: You just knew something special was going to happen.
0: All right, Coz, Mickey... This is a great one. Tonight, we dive into our Player in Focus series. We're continuing with our legend series, obviously. And this week, we are chatting about uh, none other than Antonio, Marcus, Minicello. That's right. Anthony Minicello, Mini, the Count, one of the all-time legends of our sport. And for the Sydney Roosters, we get to talk all things Mini. Um, Cos, I'm going to throw it over to you a little bit because it's our time to reflect on our age. Uh, I remember watching Mini and thinking... This is as good as it gets. I mean, how good are these fullbacks? I mean, they are just doing some incredible things. Watching Peak Minocello, I just thought this just can't get any better. I know we've seen some amazing players come after him, but, you know, during his career, you know, during those top moments, let's just, I guess, take a moment to. Adore what was an unbelievable uh, career from him. Talk to me a little bit about Minnie because, uh, yeah, he hurt you a little bit as a Queenslander.
2: Yeah, well, I just, some of the notes I wrote down, I've got a touch of class. So, yeah, I, we've spoken about fullbacks and how sort of the position has evolved a bit and it's a bit, it's changed and everything. But um, when he was at the back there for the Roosters, and he was also, he was kind of likable. It's strange. I don't like the Roosters, I don't like New South Wales, but he was hard not to respect. So, but, yeah, he was a classy player and had all the skills, and I, it's you couldn't see him playing for anyone else. It was just looked right where he was.
0: Mickey, the Roosters have been so stable. You know, they've been one of the top franchises in our competition for a long period of time. Now, unlike a few of the uh, other clubs that won't be named, Newcastle, but, you know, there's been a lot of clubs that have had – huge turnovers of, 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 of players and to Cause's point it's legends like Anthony Minicello that not only become a pillar of your organization a pillar of your team but you know they play you know 302 games you know from 2000 through to 2014 I mean it's pretty great when you can hand someone a jersey and they go out and they perform the way that Mini did for 10 to 15 years.
1: Yeah definitely he's One of my, like, favourite players that I sort of remember growing up watching. And as Coz was saying, like, that was literally something I wrote. Everyone respected him. Like, you just couldn't – you couldn't not like him. Um, I think as well, like, yeah, playing like that one club man status, like, I think it's just – I don't know. There's just another level of respect for those players. Um, You know, playing eight – like, what was it? That's almost like 18 years that he played – with
0: it's Sydney
1: Roosters like that's crazy like I feel like you just don't see it very often like players sticking to one club and I feel like it just shows how much loyalty he had to the Roosters as well
0: yeah exactly right and excuse me he played uh, a little bit of football for Italy uh, in the in the late 1990s so yeah his his career spans uh, a significant period of time Cause <clears throat> excuse me, we'll go through and we'll talk about some of his achievements, but I kind of want to skip ahead a little bit with Minnie because when I think of Minicello, I think a lot of things, but the adversity that he went through with those back injuries, I mean, cause I remember at the time, and you were probably similar, just sitting there being like, You've you've got nothing more to prove. Like, sit it down, retire. I mean, multiple serious back injuries that you know, uh, uh, mo- the majority of, of 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 athletes in the world would have retired from. Because I guess it, it just shows, and uh, you know, you've we've heard interviews with him in the past that he just had a different level of competitiveness to fight his way back. Talk to us a little bit about some of the adversity that Minocello had towards the back end of his career.
2: With those injuries, it just shows what a driven person he was to have to come back because, like you said, he didn't have to prove anything, he's he's um he achieved a lot already. But yeah, it just again, uh, talking about the respect and um that you know other players and even opposition fans have for him, it's because he he would work hard and it was um, you could just see by the way that he wanted to come back and worked hard to get there. It's like you don't have to do that, but. It's good for everyone that he did because he's the type of player that deserves to be able to go out on his own terms and, and not because of you know unfortunate injury striking down, but to come back a, a twice and and a back as well. It's like a debilitating injury, so um, to be able to come back from that and be able to play good football still, it's a pretty amazing achievement.
0: It's ridiculous. Like, I kick my toe on the lounge getting up eating Cheezels, and I, I probably take a week off work. I mean, this guy, he had pins and needles down his legs. He had struggled to walk. He got advice from specialists to say it's over, and he just continued to fight, continued to rehab. And can you imagine how lonely those moments must have been to be in the gym at some ungodly hour by yourself, rehabbing, rehabbing, only to injure yourself. I mean, it's just pretty incredible. Mickey, let's talk about some of the highlights in his career because you're the Roosters expert on the panel. <laughs> and from memory, he did some pretty special things and got some rewards very late in his career. Talk us through that because, um, yeah, Minnie, Minnie sort of finished his career with a bang.
1: Yeah, he – um, what did – oh, sorry. Skipper, he, skipper um,
0: and then – yeah, I was going to
1: say was, he captained us to a grand final in 2013. 13. Yeah. Yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, he's won um, Daily M fullback of the year in 2004. I don't, like, remember that, but I just know that. Um, but, yeah, he's been part of a lot of premierships or, like, even minor premiers, um, runners-up with us over the course of his career as well back in the early 2000s 2000, 2002 2003 sort of before a little bit before my time but I just
0: love I just love the fact that yeah. you're a little bit vague on all of these premierships that you won you know because as a knights yeah. fan and I can pretty much relate like Oh, to be a roosters melbourne storm fan penris <laughs> supporter uh, how good would that be no it, it it was a special part of his career towards the back end because he fought through all of those adversity um and then 2013 he captains the roosters they win the grand final josh dugan goes down during origin and he gets his fairy tale moment where he gets to go back and play and then he gets to captain italy in the world cup i mean it, it's just it's just a great story of one of the good guys of rugby league where, you know, he does get that reward for fighting his way back because obviously I was too excited. And I just had to talk about that back end of his career. If we quickly re- rewind before we ask some closing um, questions, I mean, cause there's not much really to, to say beyond he achieved everything in the game. He came in, he was an absolute superstar for the roosters and then he leveled up some of the performances that he had i say this with a massive smile on my face for the mighty new south wales blues uh, against your queensland mob and even for australia um Minicello in a representative jersey he was he was unbelievable
2: oh, i don't remember any of that so i'm not going to talk <laughs> no he would yeah no, he, he was very classy but i was going to say just on the um coming back from the injury so like we say he's, he played it was a 302 games, but that was a record that was only broken by um, Orbo for the Roosters. Yeah. So the fact I know, despite having all those um, setbacks with the injuries, he was he was he held that record for a long time for the club for the most appearances. I like, that's pretty pretty nifty. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, as a rep player, I will, I will have to give props to, to Minnie Mini because um, even though I don't want to talk about what he did for. New South Wales against Queensland, but I will say big respect for playing for Italy and, and it's also, also, you know, having someone of that calibre in an emerging nation um, just adds so much of the spectacle to World Cups. And I think, you know, um, as much as I love origin work in that space, the pinnacle is playing for your, your country or representing your heritage. So I think um, mad respect to, to Mini for doing that as well.
1: Yeah, and I was also just on you saying that he's, was um held the um most games played for the Roosters up until Auburn. He pretty sure he still holds the um most tries for the Roosters scored like in a career as well. So like still pretty crazy to think that he can hold these records having all that time off. So
0: it really is, you know, <laughs> and going down in the history books at some of these you know uh, clubs that have been around for. So many years. It's, uh, it's very, very special. Um, just quickly, just some X's and O's. You know, what made Mini great? Uh, speed, agility, electricity. I mean, this guy was an incredible athlete, but he does uh, remind me a lot of Tedesco from his work, work rate, his ability to hunt the ruck. He was always in the contest, and that's where I think – he had a bit of an influence in terms of the position itself where, you know, you were able to put on Minocello tape and show some of the younger fullbacks coming through to say, look, this isn't a catch the football, run it back, chime in when you like. Look at a player like Minocello where, you know, you know, throughout the majority of the set, he's always available. He's always pushing. And then defensively, obviously, he was very vocal and a massive leader. And, you know, the as we've spoken about quite a few times here at Mojo Sports, a fullback's contribution in defense is underrated and not something that's spoken about a lot. So Minicello, uh, yeah, one of the all time greats. All right, team, some of the closing questions I've got for you, uh, same as always during our legend series, uh, uh, hall of fame or Immortal status. Where do you sort of place this particular player? Mickey I'm going to start with you.
1: I, I don't think he'll, I, I don't think he'll be that immortal status, but I definitely Definitely Hall of Fame, like Roos' Hall of Fame, NRL Hall of Fame, he'll definitely be be there.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I think that's right on the money. Although like that that late that last sort of premiership I, I think was really, really important. You know, it it's um, you know, that that sort of really helped boost his C V. But yeah, didn't have as many uh origin caps uh, as probably what he would have liked, but you know, that was due to the injury. So Look, I I, th- I think it's going to be debated. Possibly the injuries restrict him a little bit, but you know, if we just take a step back for one second, I mean, the guy played 302 games with all of these injuries in the back end of his career. If he was fit and healthy, I mean, what does he play? Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm not known for my mathematics, but what 700 games? He's a he's a pretty special player. So yeah, I I, th- I think Hall of Fame as well. Um, Cos thoughts on mini? Yeah,
2: three. Well, three agree. I think for this one, I think oh yeah, immortal. Bit harder to crack into that group, especially we've spoken with some about some of the players um, who will get in before legends of the game already. So I think um, minis testing it to try and get in there, but yeah, Hall of Fame definitely. The CV is incredibly impressive, and like you said, Dan, um, he has influenced how the position is played as well. So that's a um, pretty good um, influence to have. It's not just you know on the record books; it's it's you can see it on the field.
0: Pretty special. Uh, And then you roll in from Minicello, then you move into Tedesco, then little Suwali. He's in the papers this week saying he wants to play fullback as well. So the rich just get richer. But there we go, Minicello, uh, fantastic career. All right, team, let's dive into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen, Let's go. All right, team, this week we continue with our battle battle of the Legends series, if I can get it out, uh, and it is the Canterbury Bulldogs. I'm struggling with my words tonight because of the excitement in terms of the two players that we've picked for the match because it is the great Willie Mason coming up against Mark O'Mealy, the ogre, uh, two of the all-time great forwards there for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, Mickey, going to start with you, Willie Mason, a little bit of a cult figure, very, very special player, ended up playing for a few different clubs, but Peak Willie Mason uh, for the Canterbury Bulldogs, that was uh, that was something.
1: Yeah, he's one of those players that was, I feel like, he was just built different. And so it was something you hadn't really seen too much of, like just a tall giant. I remember like meeting him in a Maccas one time and I just remember standing next to him. I'm like five foot two next to this literal giant. <laughs> um, so I could only imagine what it would be like trying to play against him, tackle him, like. I feel like he'd be tough.
0: Yeah, I I, I was the same. I, I um you know remember when he was playing for Newcastle and seeing him down the street and you know at 5 foot 7 I look up to most people but yeah, <laughs> Willie Mason he is he's is something. Um cuz as I die here um getting over this flu that my toddler uh, shared with me. Again, it's been a few weeks now love, loving it for me. Um talk to me a little bit about Willie and Marco O'Mearley because I know times have been tough for the Canterbury Bulldogs in recent times, but there was a bit of a golden era for this club and these two boys were at the front of it.
2: It's funny because they're the type of players, if you, you know, a Bulldogs fan, I'm sure you love them, but everyone else hated them. Like I hated Willie Mason. Mark and probably unfairly, I hated him too. Like why not? Because he's a big forward playing for the Bulldogs and everybody hates the Bulldogs. So it's, these are players that just invoke a lot of passion, um, I think, for or against. So, and, and Willie is one, he attracted all the headlines, good and bad, a few bad ones as well. So, especially when he played for um, New South Wales, we love to boo him. And I think he, it's like, is it the manly sign? Like, we hate you too. I think he also did not care what anyone thought. Um, but it's all a bit of fun. Uh, yeah. Rugby league, you get all those emotions. But yeah, though. Big Willie. I think he's. it's fun to hate him, but you need those sort of characters in the game. It makes it interesting and fun.
0: And I I feel like, you know, culturally, Willie was so important to rugby league because as he was coming through, I think a lot of people in rugby league saw what the future could potentially look like for the game in terms of the middles. You looked at an athlete like Willie Mason and you're like, hang on a second, this – is different. This guy is six foot a lot. He is, uh, you know, he'd be pushing 110, probably a little bit more, but, you know, early on in his career, he was still fast. He was still agile. And, you know, one of the things that I also loved about him and, you know, a few of the clubs still have it. And a few of the clubs that are struggling struggle with this is he had that bravado, he had that confidence as a younger player. He came out in the media and just said, look, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know, and, and I think even Corey Parker a few, a few other players have sort of um you know experienced players have come out and said that yeah when Willie was coming through as a young young guy that he would, you know, verbally, physically challenge them. You know, I, I just felt like Willie Mason stepped out on the field knowing that he was bigger, stronger, faster and just a better player than a lot of his opposition, and he didn't mind telling people. So, <clears throat> look, it was a pretty special moment for the Canterbury Bulldogs and, um, you know, would ultimately lead to uh, a pretty successful period there where they get a premiership. In terms of Mark Mealy flip, flipping it over, I mean that old-school rugby league front rower. And as we look at a few sort of modern-day football clubs who are struggling in the middle, you know, they, they, the Marco O'Meally's of the world, they're, they're the types of players that you're currently missing. Um Mickey so much so that it's difficult to sort of come up with a modern day equivalent you know someone who was as hard nosed as physical that got through the work that that ogre did again the guy was ferocious had absolutely no fear um yeah talk to me a little bit about mark because again you look at his achievements all of his all of his accolades at n r l level uh playing for his state playing for his country you know again to have both of these plays in the same team that's that was pretty special for the dogs,
1: yeah I am. Um don't have too much memory of him but even just watching some of his highlights earlier I was thinking like he kind of reminded me of reminds me of like Matt Lodge in terms of like modern day um just how he played like some of the highlights I was watching like it was like intense I was like oh my gosh what is like scary but like in a good way that's what you want from forwards I feel like you know when I play rugby league like when I see like big forwards I'm like oh god I do not want to run at them and he just yeah he's just so tough like he was always sort of in amongst it in the biff from what I saw and consistent and
0: consistent consistent. you know like that that's that's I think you know probably the last thing I'd say on on Marco Mealy is you know a lot of players can you know, arrive in the NRL, play a handful of good solid games and then sort of be a little bit patchy and it's that sort of inconsistency that frustrates fans. You knew week in, week out what you were going to get with him and that's why players like Oh, you gets selected automatically at state level, you know, because, you know, you, you look at the selectors and they get around a board and there might have been players that are a little bit bigger or had a little bit more pace or had a little bit of maybe an extra offload. But at the end of the day, his consistency um, and the level in which he played at um, ultimately was the reason why he was picked in so many teams just quickly to go through their stats, because they are pretty incredible. Let's start with Willie Mason. In total, 310 games. Uh, He he had three caps for Tonga, 24 caps for Australia, um, 13 for New South Wales. Um, Pretty special. He even went over and uh, had a bit of a giggle in Rugby Union for a couple of games as well. Um, Yeah, six foot tall, 115 115 kilos. Uh, Marco Mealy, again... A player who I think is still a little bit underrated, 291 games, uh, 10 caps for his state and 15 for Australia. All right, team, no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match. We've got to pick our player here. Mickey, going to start with you. Where are you going in this one, Willie Mason or or Mark?
1: I think just for me, I don't really have much, like, much memory of Mark. So I think, like, by default, Willie Mason. (laughs) um, Even just, yeah, like... I remember a bit of like Willie's time at the Roosters a bit a bit more than Mark's as well, so he just had a bit more of an impact on me, I guess, watching. So,
0: yeah, look, it's difficult for me. I think Willie Mason's afro probably, <laughs> excuse me, as I'm dying over here, uh, his afro probably puts him <laughs> over the top because, you know, he was an incredible player, one of the best we've seen, but also. I, you know, and, and, and Kalen is a little bit like this. The, the marketing factor, the, you know, the amount of fans that he brought to TV screens, the amount of fans that he brought to games, the amount of fans like Coz and a few others who, who hated him, you know, from, from uh, you know, up there in Queensland. I mean, he was... You know, bigger than his play on the game as well. And, you know, you can sort of see that now in his media as well. He's so um, – look, he, he's a brilliant analyst when it comes to rugby league. He's involved in the Canterbury Bulldogs as well. And, uh, you know, we, we're starting to see some improvements there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Willie as well. Um, just quickly, Mark um and again, Willie's spoken about this previously, but one of the best developmental coaches that we've got coming through our system. So don't be surprised. Keep out, keep a lookout for Marco Mealy. He could be arriving as a, as a top line coach sooner rather than later. Um, Cause flip of the coin here for you, which way are you going?
2: Well, I do like that. We are speaking about a player who is one of the few should play for North Sydney bears in Marco Mealy. But I think I'm softening in my old age because I, I have to pick Willie because even though I, again, it was so fun to hate him like and some of the, you know, brought the game and disrepute and all this stuff, but I think you just need players like that who just evoke emotion and just want to watch them play, just want to watch them, see what they're going to do and how your, your team is going to go up against him. So I'll have to pick Willie for, for this one.
0: All right, team, let's dive into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Is okay. Oh, okay, the
2: show. Scared,
0: oh, my boss is singing Closing
1: Time. Maybe that's what he
0: all right, team, this week on the on, in Rapid Fire, uh, we continue with our Repair Shop series. Um, and this week we've got a very special club that's uh, very close to the hearts of one of our panellists in the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, Cos, speaking of repair shops, I, I think I needed a new immune system to try and fight off these bugs from my toddler. But as I battle through that, your club um, continues with the annual drama. I think we spoke about it last week. There's not too many seasons where there's a moment where dragons drama appears to, uh, to, to, I guess, yeah, hit the papers, hit the media. Um, where are you at with your St. George Illawarra dragons? And, you know, thinking about next year and some of the improvements that they need to make, where do you, where do you think they need to um, yeah make some adjustments?
2: Oh, yeah. I know, I know dragons fans, we're all a bit unhinged and we all expect way too much from, from the club all the time. And, we are unreasonable, but that's part of the fun of being a fan. But I think the dragons, I don't know, they're hard to love a little bit. I think without if without Ben Hunt, there, I just I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting started. So Ben Hunt, obviously the best player on the field. So we need more players like him. I'm not sure about the culture of what's happening with all the players. How supported are the young ones? What's doing with Lomax? How are we treating Cody Ramsey? Are the young ones supported? The roster is is weird. I, I don't agree with some of the signings that they've made and, and the amount of money they're spending on players, and I don't even want to say his name because I am very offended that he plays for my club. Um, and the coach as well. Like, I, I don't know. I think some people think he's good in, in the old school way and others. Like, i don't know where I sit on that. There's a lot of different things. But, again, in saying that, they beat Manly last week, so maybe, you know, <laughs> Things are, are going all right. I don't know. It's a tough one. Cause, I do love the Dragons, though, so, but there's – I don't know. Everyone's the same. Like, they love their club, but there's a lot of things that can be, can be changed and improved, and, and you, you're still allowed to question some of the decisions so. that are made, and, I and, think.
0: And, and that's the Dragons' experience, isn't it, Cos, where you're like, you know, this is just not working. We need to make adjustments. Oh, there we go. We've just won three or four games in a row. Everything's good again. And then we're back to – you know what I mean? Like, they just tease you, unlike any other club. At least with the Knights, we're consistent – Consistently inconsistent. Because, uh, what's your thoughts on the Dragons? Because a bit of a neutral fan, um, you know, you're sitting back there as a as Sydney Roosters fan. You've, you've, you've um, you know, those Anzac Day clashes, you've had some pretty good battles with the Dragons over the past. When you sort of look at it, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, any ideas as to how the Dragons can improve moving forward?
1: Well, see, I don't know. I'm sort of, I feel like, yeah, they need to be, I don't, I don't really know. I was, yeah, they need to be more consistent, I feel sort of as you're saying like you just you just don't know like one like one week they can go win a few games and the next week they're like losing a few games like even against the roosters this year in the ANZAC Day match like I was so confident that roosters were going to beat them but then they came out and beat us so I was <laughs> like what the hell is going on
0: <laughs> you uh there was a lot of chat from yourself and a lot of roosters fans but uh All right, what what do I think with the St. Georgie Laura Dragons? Um, First thing they need to do is they need to obviously get the Ben Hunt um, statue built uh, very, very quickly. They're not going to need a lot of raw materials, uh, not poking fun at his height. I'm a a shorter guy myself, but uh, they need to do everything they possibly can to sign Ben Hunt. And everyone that that ever criticized him being on a million dollars in the past, I may have been one of them, I can't remember, um, we need to write a formal apology to him because Ben Hunt is a footballer. Ben Hunt is a leader. And Ben Hunt, regardless of his age, is the future of the St. George Illawarra Dragons. They need to be really, really smart about retaining him. So um, I know there's a lot of conversations, and should we re-sign this player and that player? Ben Hunt should be the Dragons' focus, and they need to lock him down. And then what you need to do is you need to build your club in and around Ben Hunt. So everything <laughs> that he needs to be successful is what you do. This club is around Ben Hunt. So to Cause's point, there 's been decisions made that don 't necessarily necessarily align with his best football, and I think that 's very very confusing when you 've got when you 've clearly got one player who is out and out your best player, you do everything you can to build that club around him and i just don 't think the dragons are quite nailed that they found themselves in this awkward position where they had these amazing juniors coming through, and then what they had to do is they had to sort of bring in a few veterans to kind of uh, you know, just hold them off a little bit just to kind of build that experience. And now I think fans and the rugby league community are just getting a little bit nervous regarding these juniors. Are they the right juniors? Are they the players we should be investing in? Because once you let go of that experience and you say, all right, kids, the Tyrell Sloanes, the, the Amones, the, um, the Sullivan's, once you, once you bring them in, you know, you've really got to, you know, you, you've, you've, You've you've got to give them their jerseys, and you're going to have to deal with that decision over the next five years. So it, it's going to be a really interesting, um, you know, it's going to be a really interesting space to to watch the Dragons because, in my opinion, look, I think they need to focus on Ben Hunt, get him signed, and then they need to rip off the band aid and let these juniors play. Um, know that there's going to be some troubles for a couple of seasons, but I've seen enough out of them to think there is some there is some talent there, and, and you can't discount the confidence you get as a player by giving someone their jersey. I believe in you. There aren't four other players that are competing for your spot. I believe in you. I back you. Now you've got to go out and, and sort of um, you know repay that favour. Um, and then the other one is hook. Um, some decisions going to have to be made in and around the coaching. Um, that's not for me to really um, say. A coaching an NRL team uh, is a little bit challenging, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously obviously going to be something that's going to be looked at. So there you go. We just fixed the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, they'll follow that advice, and next year they'll go undefeated and win the competition. So there you go, Coz. Um, yeah, I'll send you the bill for that one. All right, team, another cracking episode of the Mojo Sports NRL show. Uh, That's all the time we have. Always uh, Mickey, Cos, love talking footy, always bringing the heat as we talk all things league. And to our listeners, again, we really do appreciate your support. Um, To continue supporting us, it's pretty simple. All we ask is download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports, and until next time, we'll catch you then.